GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. We discussed the power of listening with Brenda Cuby of the charity Gibsams. A group of girl guides had just returned from the UK where they took part in the Girl Guiding Midlands Mega Mix 2023. I enjoyed chatting to Lauren Galliford, Lauren Montado, Tracy Gonzalez and Girl Guiding Commissioner Claire Montado. But first, our producer, Kellyanne Borge, brought us more on this petition against the government spending money from the COVID fund on a new hospital entrance, which has been gaining momentum, more than 1,000 votes at the time of recording this podcast. The petition was set up by two women who gave birth prematurely in Spain. They called for a neonatal intensive care unit to be created instead. Good afternoon, Jonathan. Yes, so over a thousand people have signed a petition against the government spending money given to the COVID fund on a new hospital entrance. If we can just recap on that story and where it first began, uh, last month the GHA revealed plans to refurbish St. Bernard's Hospital and the PCC to create one single main entrance with new waiting areas as well as digital checking in facilities. Now the GHA says their aim is to improve patient flow and patient experience and this would be primarily funded by the COVID fund, which is £2.86 million of public donations. And that might not be enough for the plans in mind. The Minister for Health, Albert Isla, told GBC the department would look at ways of covering a possible shortfall without using government money. I understand, yeah, it's probably more in the region of three and a half million needed mm-hmm. for it. Yes. Uh, now, when these plans were announced last month, we had an influx of comments on our social media channels about it. And I think people are feeling very strongly about this uh, because the fund was, of course, launched during the peak pandemic. We were losing loved ones. Um, it was a very scary time. People were giving generously. And I think it's unsurprising that now people are feeling very strongly about where so, these donations so they, they were giving. Now- to the COVID fund. To the COVID fund. the COVID emergency response. Yeah, and it was, of course, a very frightening time for many. And uh, I think it's unsurprising that people now want to give their opinion about where that money is going to. And I have to say it was a a predominantly negative response when we first posted uh, that story. Most thought the money could be better used to improve patient care. Uh, Many of the comments referred to the GHA's mental health provisions and hoped the money would be used to hire more therapists instead. And I'll fast forward to this week. This petition has been set up by two women who gave birth prematurely in Spain and they're calling for a neonatal intensive care unit to be created instead. Uh, So these are the voices of Kate Hook and Anne-Marie Finnison. Spanish isn't my first language, so but you have the language barrier there. Plus, it's a very scary situation. Being told that you've got preeclampsia and that they're trying to do everything they can to to, get, to monitor that and and also to keep your baby alive. But yeah, being up in Malaga is is very lonely. It's very scary, and when you're getting told certain things because of the language barrier, um, it, you can interpret it that completely different so yes having that kind of unit here would be beneficial for everybody not only just the parents but the families as well because they can be there and be on hand and be there to support you yeah yeah really just to support 
and I was um, 26 and a half weeks and I started to get really painful Braxton Hicks contractions and I was really panicky and I said well what happens if en route to Malaga because that's like nearly two hours away I go into labor or something bad happens and the nurse just told me well you're just gonna have to pray it's very very dangerous we shouldn't have to pray and be en route and go to Malaga we should have the facilities here so you know premature births is something that happens on a daily basis to so many people understandably emotive topic to talk about. Yeah, um, so thank you very much to both uh, Kate and Emery for speaking to us and sharing their stories. They have set up this petition uh, calling for the COVID fund to be used to create a neonatal intensive care unit. And that petition has now received 1,074 signatures. Our reporter Katie Docker, who we also heard there, she took to Main Street as well to find out what the public thinks. Terrible, really terrible. If it's for COVID and the COVID funds... They want to spend it on this? I don't agree. Why do they need to spend all that money on a new entrance when there's a perfectly good one there? It's a difficult balance because you also have to deal with the aesthetics of a property as well to ensure that people feel that they, you know, that they live in a in a place which is not, you know, third world. I think it would be better if it was spent somewhere else, like equipment or whatever, you know, or, or medicines, anything. But not another entrance. I mean, we don't need it. Go ahead and do it. If it's going to beautify Gibraltar. But apart from that, I don't see any advantage. This is okay for me. They should enhance the tools they, they're using to help people inside the hospital, not uh, outside the hospital. So some comments mm-hmm. to Katie Docker, who is um, uh, reporting uh, on on that hospital entrance and plans for it. So so um, there's many more comments on social media. Yeah, so a couple, like we heard, there were in agreement that the aesthetics of the building are is important. Uh, we have had tons more uh, messages on social media. Zayan agreeing with Kate and Anne-Marie. She's asking for a much-needed neonatal unit. She says her son couldn't be stabilised to travel to Gavis and unfortunately passed away at just 11 hours old. So our deepest condolences to Zayan and her family. Um, And thank you for sharing that story with us. Um, Mersha says that she donated £1,000 to the COVID fund and she to see that her donated money is now going towards an entrance, she says, is scandalous. Gareth, another opinion, he says, if not a neonatal unit, then maybe fix all the problems with the building. He points out the air conditioning systems, equipment in disrepair, medical supplies. He says there are plenty of things needing resolving, which take higher priority than a new entrance. So, yeah, originally the Minister for Health said he hoped the project would start in a matter of months, uh, but public feedback was invited and welcomed, so we'll have to watch this space and see how these plans develop. We're going to talk to Jib Sams now because the charity has a busy few weeks ahead of them. Uh, in the first instance, they're hoping to recruit more listeners for their chat services in the lead up to Suicide Prevention Month, which is September. Now, whether you want to join the team or find out how your workplace can look after employees' well-being. Brenda Kuby is here to tell us a little bit more about the charity's work and and some of the initiatives that they're going to be busy with in the next few weeks. Uh, thank you for joining us, Brenda. Uh, let's start with um, volunteers. We've, we've heard some of your volunteers say how rewarding um, an experience it is, um, but it is a particular skill set. You, you, you do need to be a good listener, don't you? Well, that's it. But we can train people to be, you know, a good listener and to be able to be empathetic and to have the skills needed. So anybody who has an interest um, 
in being a listener should attend one of our selection days. Okay, so you've got one coming up on Saturday the 16th? Saturday the 16th of September at Bleak House at 9.30. So people need to um, email us at volunteer at gipsams.gi and they will be given the application form and they will find out more details. So the selection day is about them coming and finding out more about what we do and how we do it and why we do it and seeing if it is the fit them that they want to give up their three hours a week to become a listening volunteer and you know being a listening volunteer is not all for everybody but we have lots of other areas that you can help that you can give your time whether it's in you know helping out in events in outreach or helping with us with admin or sponsorship there's lots of different ways that you can get involved with gypsams and the listening service is, I suppose, not a substitute for somebody who needs professional care. Mm-hmm. But um, tell us a little bit about what the charity um, thinks is the power of talking and, and, and for, for the person making the call and, and the power of listening for the charity. So we all go through difficult times in our lives. And there is going to be times where we're going to go through bereavement, loss, career, you know, work issues, family issues, and how you might go through that and how I'm going to go through that is going to be completely different. So I can't really tell you, Jonathan, how to, how you should feel, how you would deal with something. But what I can do, and this is what Jib Sams does really well, is that I can sit there and listen to what how you're feeling, and I can ask you the right questions. So we teach the listeners how to write, you know, how to answer the right, you know, I'm sorry, how to say the right questions and how to listen and for the answers that's coming back. Because sometimes we just want that space. We just want to be heard. In this very busy world that's out there, it's sometimes hard to find that space where you're actually being listened to. Um, So we don't try to fix them. We don't try to tell them what they need to do. And like you say, this is for people who are in emotional distress, who are finding it, you know, if, if you have a mental health illness, then that's what the professionals are there. We're not there to diagnose that. We're not there to... Um, to fix that we're there to be that supportive listening ear when perhaps we just we don't want to tell our closest nearest and dearest how we're feeling and sometimes then by doing that by um, having somebody listen to you who you know is not going to judge you who you know uh, has no vested interest in in the situation that you know they're just there to listen to you mm-hmm. um, just that process can help the individual to to feel better to organize their thinking on it yeah so we call it like you know it's like sorting out the washing so you as you're folding away the different things as you're talking about it you're kind of putting it in order so you feel better and that and that's where that's the beauty of what we do is that people actually will then at the end of the call say thank you I now know what I need to do or I now feel better that I've just got that off my chest because I've been carrying it around and that's the you know that's the the problem if we can get catch them at the low end 
and they're not keeping it, you know, hidden for months, you know, years, then you get to release it without then having the bigger issues. Okay, excellent. Um, I think uh, Naomi is going to join us in just a moment to um, give us a, a volunteer's perspective because um, we're talking about uh, how powerful it is uh, for um, for the person making the call. Mm-hmm. But but we've heard previously um, how how rewarding it's been for individuals who have volunteered. Um, and um, and Naomi, you, you wanted to talk to us from that perspective, I think. Yeah, so I joined um, September 2020 and I did the training with them. And just the training itself was so rewarding and being with a group of people and the amount of things we learned. Um, and just taking those skills that we learned about listening and adapting it to like our personal lives, that was really um, helpful. Um, I also did some training courses with them throughout the the years. Um, we did the mental health um, first aid as well, um, which was really really rewarding. Um, the which one was the other one? The the suicide first aid. Did you do that? Yeah, one? the suicide first aid as well, which is like applicable to workplaces um, and friends and yeah. family. Well being um, leaders. Yeah, the well being leader. Um, we also got a talk from the prison. Yeah, so we did the prison training and yeah. also the, for the chat training, and so we continue refreshing the volunteers' learning and their knowledge, so that they're continually got the tools to be able to help and assist the community. So, um, very uh, powerful thing that you said, I think, there, Naomi, is that um, you, you, you can learn some skills there, which you can then apply to your everyday life to be a better mm-hmm. listener. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you you think that you are a better listener having uh, yeah, sort of spent definitely. some time with Gibsams? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because it's not something that we get taught, um, and that course really is is detailed and it and it shows you on what listening is and what people want as well from from that conversation and not to fix problems. Um, so yeah, even if you don't kind of go down the listening route, you can still have those transferable skills and to just every day when, when we'd go to maybe the charity stalls and things like you might get people just approach you and just kind of blurt out their like concerns and the issues. And even in that scenario, you can apply, um, that training. So I think it's just a, such an amazing, um, volunteering service to do throughout so it seems like such a, a simple thing, but um, but given the power in it, uh, let me ask you uh, first, Brenda, yourself, if uh, you know if you could give us any um, tricks or, or or sort of guidelines on how to be a good listener. So, coming up for Suicide Awareness Month, we're going to be going through Break the Silence, um, and we're going to have a booklet called the Talking Toolkit, which will have the tips and the tools for the community to use but it's one of the big things which was a big learner for me was silence is your friend so it's being um comfortable with silence so it's if the other person is maybe gathering their thoughts and they maybe need that little bit more time don't be scared to let that silence fill because a lot of people just go straight in to try and fill that void. But that in itself, if somebody is 
plucking up the courage to say what's really bothering them. If you go straight in and ask another question, they may feel, well, I'm not going to be listened to. So it's about having that feeling comfortable um, with that silence. Which is a very interesting way to put it. Um, um, yeah, uh, and uh, it, it, it sort of makes me think that it does sometimes happen, doesn't it, that you're listening to someone, but your mind goes elsewhere, and when they sort of finish, you say what you wanted to say anyway, but you, you sort of immediately that you do it, you start thinking, oh, I, I didn't really listen to them properly there, I didn't give what they were saying uh, the the sort of value and importance that um, it probably deserved. So it is easy not to, to not be a good listener mm. yeah, at times because, in our everyday lives. Yeah, because we're, we kind of, we want to fix them. We want to, so when we're listening, we're actually not listening to what they're saying because we're thinking about the solution. So when, so... That's a big part. We, you know, we say to the, when we're training the listeners, it's about you have to put your Jib Sam's hat on when you enter the office because you have to put that listening hat on rather than the fixing hat. Yeah, and I think to, to add to that, that aspect of time, no, and I think um, something great that the listeners do is they re-emphasize that they are there and they are there to listen. And I think with friends and chats and, and family members, that essence of time is really difficult to, to dedicate time where you're not kind of involved in any other things and you're just kind of having that conversation. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really it's just really helpful to have someone there to just give you their time to listen. Um, yeah, and I, I've just been really fascinated by the idea um, or the power potentially of... Uh, that lesson, um, the, 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 the mantra that the, the charity champions, but the, the, the applicability of that in our everyday lives and, um, and helping, you know, those around us in our immediate circles to, to be properly listened to. Um, and, and, and as you say, not, not always jumping to, oh, I think I've got a solution to what you're telling me. Yeah. Um, which, which is a very natural thing to do as well. Um, well, thank you uh, so much. Uh, let, me, let me ask you, uh, Brenda, before we let you go, you've got um, uh, well-being um, training, uh, well-being leader training on the 18th of September. What, what will that entail? And uh, yeah. So it's a day's course. So following on with our well-being at work project. So we started this a year ago and we've trained over 100 individuals um, and we're championing companies to have well-being leaders in their organisations. And these are people who will actually do the listening. So they will be people so they can signpost if somebody is not feeling 100%. Rather than go to HR or go to, you know, not know where to go, there's a, somebody who is a designated listener for them. So we teach them the tools that we teach our listeners. But it's a one-day course. And um, I would like to see every company in Gibraltar with well-being leaders in at some point. Okay, that's an, an interesting idea. So just uh, it, it would be an unofficial title, but uh, but they'd have the skills uh, necessary to, to to sort of listen and uh, and not judge, as we've been discussing. Um, and um, and and you're also redoing the Wellbeing at Work Awards. Speaking of the workplace, you, you'll be sort of giving that another push in in the coming weeks as well. Yes. So the applications for this year will be launching um, beginning of September. And we will again go to the awards in November that we did 
um, last year. These are annual awards and any company, small or big, can fill in the application form and they will be um, looked at and then we'll go and then we'll have a ceremony in November to celebrate those companies. Okay, and uh, in the more immediate future, um, we mentioned, uh, I think, that it's a Suicide Awareness Month uh, in September. Um, what are your plans for, for that campaign? So, like I said, we're going to, we'll have the castle lighting and green at the end of August to start that off. We will be launching our Break the Silence campaign. That's our campaign for this year. Um, we want to break the silence around suicide, mental health, well-being and um, to supplement that we will be launching our talking toolkit and we also will be having our um, annual green friday on the 22nd of september so we will be going into workplaces delivering talks on great silence well-being um, what we do at jib sam's you know how people can support us in the community whether it's becoming volunteers whether it's helping out at events um we are always on the lookout for new volunteers okay and um and before we let you go um uh, naomi given that you have volunteered for uh, jib sams um would you recommend it to our listeners and why um, I 100% recommend it to anyone considering giving a part of their time to just helping others and in turn really helping themselves because I feel like it does go hand in hand. And like I said before, the things that you learn are so uh, valuable to growth, to your own growth. Um, and it will eventually kind of spread out to those around you, even if you don't take up the listening route. Um, and there's many things to do within Jib Sam's. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's a great starting point. Thank you so much, Naomi Duarte, for joining us. And uh, Brenda Kuby, uh, last word, then, if anybody uh, has been listening to this chat and, and is interested, um, they can find out more on the Jib Sam's website and you're also on social media. Yep, they can go to our Facebook or um, our Instagram or our website and they can email us at volunteer it's the middle of August uh, and a group of girl guides have just returned from the UK, which is always lovely in the middle of summer. And they've taken part in the Girl Guiding Midlands Mega Mix 2023. And when I saw that title, I thought, I want to talk to people who have been to Mega Mix 2023 because I love it. Um, thank you for joining us. We've got Lauren Galliford, uh, Lauren Montado, and also the commissioner, Claire Montado and Tracy Gonzalez. Thank you uh, for coming to Broadcasting House. Um, so, what was it like? Lauren's. <laughs> it was really fun and you got to go through like new experiences. What, what were the what were your favourite parts? I really um, like the silent disco and the pedal carting. Pedal, what's yeah. pedal carting? It's basically like a car but a bicycle at the same time. Oh, so or like, like a go pedal, kart, but yeah. you have to pedal to move yourself forward. Mm. Excellent. It's what really about, fun. What about My you, the other Lauren? My favourite part was the zipline. There were two ziplines, and I went on both. But the main zipline, which was the higher one, I really liked that one. And um, and when you say high, is it was it like scary high? No, it was like a good amount of high. Enough to like <laughs> yeah. gather some speed, but not yes. not enough to make it dangerous. Okay, and um, and how long were you there? And who who else was there? Um, we were there for five days. We met the Hereford guides, 
and we made loads of new friends and shared a tent with two of them. Okay, did you have a, a lot in common? Was it easy to sort of... Um... Yeah, we both, we had quite a lot in common. Yeah. And and um, let's let's bring in um, Tracy and and Claire. That the idea is to is to do what to, to um, show them a new a new place, um, make new friends, learn new skills. Yeah, exactly that. Adventure and adventuring is a big part of girl guiding and giving girls and young women opportunities to do things outside of their comfort zone and to challenge themselves to do things like take the high wire and the zip line and um, to meet new people. Maybe it's something you don't normally do, especially in a small community like Gibraltar. We know everyone, um, so. Yeah, that's really the the main aim. And what was the setting like? Was it a good place to to visit? Oh, beautiful place. It was an outdoor centre. We had a lovely place to camp, um, very good amenities. Everything was really well set up, activities all over the place, not just adventurous ones, but also so we had lots of crafts and um, sign, opportunities to learn sign language, Bangra dancing, African drumming, fencing, loads of different activities. And from an organisational perspective, uh, what was it like for, for you guys? I mean, is it is it a lot of hard work, but it pays off, or, or was it actually did it run did it all run smoothly? It is a hard work, especially that the girls are not used to having to pitch up the tent and pack rucksacks and and go for long walks with the bags on them. H- how but, long is long? Well, for them, it must have been hours. For us, <laughs> it was like. Half an hour. Felt like days? No, all right. <laughs> for them, it was really hard for them, no? And then helping pitch up the tent and sleeping on the floor. But they did it. It was really, really good experience for all of us. And the weather wasn't that bad either. I, I, so love, I love the British, British summer weather. Yes, it's lovely. Nice okay. and cold. And especially, especially if you're going from Gibraltar, where we've had a, very, a lot of hot days, and then you go there yes. and you might have some... Nice weather, but it's it's not quite as intensely yeah. hot. No? I think it's encouraging yeah. that level of independence in the girls to um, fend for themselves, realise what it is they really need to take with them, because, you know, we're surrounded by so much stuff in our lives that when you've got to pack everything into a haversack <laughs> that you've got to carry yourself, you do overpack. But, um, yeah, the, the weather was a bit of a challenge, in, especially at night, it was a bit yeah, cold. But you know, you wake up in the morning. Once you get moving, you're, yeah. you're good. Good, good. Let, let's let's go back to the Laurens then and, and ask them about packing and, and oh. what, <laughs> what were the real essentials and what were some of the things that maybe you took but maybe you didn't need to take. Uh, so the real essentials were like clothes and like extra pairs of clothes just in case they get muddy because it rained a lot, which mm-hmm. created lots of mud. Um, to bring an extra pair of shoes for the shower so you don't get those germs on your feet. <laughs> True. So we're talking sliders or yeah. flip flops, okay? And um, and Lauren, did did you take anything that uh, that maybe next time you wouldn't take? Um. Well, I bought I bought three pairs of shoes, and I think that was too much. I thought I would need them, but I didn't need them. So you you took three pairs of shoes, but maybe <laughs> yes. maybe two would have been enough. Or yeah, yeah. Well, and did you have to carry them around all the time, or yeah, nearly all the time. Hmm. Well, at least you've got stronger as a result, <laughs> carrying all that heavy weight. Um, okay, so it rained. I, I didn't realise it had rained quite so much in in, in recent days in in the UK. Then, um, but that didn't put a dampener on things. Didn't uh, didn't sort of you know bring down morale. No, at all. And the campsite were really really well organised. They had when it'd been raining overnight. They had um, bulldozers with bark chippings coming in and laying it down in the muddy common areas. So it was really well, um, really well thought through. 
Mm. Excellent. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, there's no no secret that uh, the South Korea jamboree has been a real talking point for the wrong reasons. Yeah, but um, yeah. but this is this went really well for you guys, um, uh, and the, your your counterparts in in the UK then will have done a good job of of helping you to to set things up. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they did. They helped us out. They brought the tents over for us and snacks, extra snacks for the girls, and they were there all the time asking us if we needed anything or extra bedding at night. Mm -hmm. It was really good yeah, camp. We need to thank it? the Fifth Herefordshire Guides who adopted yeah. us and yeah. um, kept <laughs> us uh, really good tent buddies. I love the name as well on your on your um, polo shirts, Megamix. What uh, do, do you know where that comes from? Yeah, it, it's essentially a music festival style camp. So apart from the activities in the day, in the evening there were live bands. So there was tribute nights, and there was also their favourite part. I think that they might want to tell that's you. That's what you about. call about burying the lead. You know, mm. that's, that's an important part that you left mm. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, bands, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about the live music. Okay, so like on the first night, yeah. it was these like really famous people like one called Immy Davis and she was on Britain's Got Talent when she was nine years old so she performed like oh, loads wow. of hit songs for us and Darla Jade who was another popular singer there was four of them and then the second night the second night it was the tribute night there were lots of um, popular people who sing like Ariana Grande um, and people like that and they would sing to tribute them sing with some of their songs. Okay, so it wasn't actually Ariana Grande, no. but it was no. Ariana Grande songs. Yeah. And did yeah. they do a good job of... Yes. Yeah? Covering them? Excellent. Um, okay, so what do you think? One to repeat next year or in the coming years if you get a yes, chance? Yes, definitely. And for it's a must-have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and if um, if there are younger girl guides who are hoping to, or younger girls who are hoping to join girl guides in the future, um, why should they? What, what what's so special about it? Um, you learn new skills and you get to have experiences that you've probably never done because your boss is so small. You get to travel overseas, meet new people, do fun things like that. Lauren's nodding her head. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, what were, what were your least favourite things, Lauren, from this um, trip? Probably walking around with a heavy bag. With those three pair of shoes. And um, like sleeping on the floor, because I'm not very used to that, but... They made yeah, you sleep yeah. on the floor? Yeah, in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in a sleeping bag? Yeah, and, uh, and, and did you have like a, a little, um, like a yoga mat underneath? Or? Yeah. But not the same as like your nicely cushioned bed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you look forward to coming back to, to, to your bed at home. No? Um, so so uh, how, how difficult was that, the, the setting up of tents and all the rest of it? Were you moving around or did you just do that once? It wasn't that hard. No. We, we just stayed in a, the same place and we had like four tents. One of them was a kitchen, one was for the leaders and the rest were for the girls. There was any pranking allowed? No. No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking you, you did have a little accident. It wasn't a prank, but you did have a little accident with a glow stick. Oh, yeah! Oh, yes. <laughs> and there was loads of mud all over the beds. Oh. Yeah, a glow, uh, glow stick exploded. Snapped, <laughs> snapped in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, wow. Oh, okay. snapped on somebody's pillow. Okay. <laughs> and then did they get that on their face or...? No, oh, thankfully not. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, um, sounds like you guys had an amazing time. Um, thank you so much for coming in to tell us about it. Um, what's next for the Girl Guides, Claire? 
Well, we're back in September, back to our normal programme. And um, we've had a couple of invites to events next year and the year after, so hopefully we'll be able to attend those. So we've got some work to do before then. Um, but, yeah, just really looking forward to the next 12, 24 months. And if um, if you've piqued the interest of any young um, would-be girl guides, um, I suppose they can look you up on, on social media and get more details about how to join there, no? Yes, we're on Girl Guiding Gibraltar Facebook. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.